With politicians everywhere right now talking about massive student loan forgiveness plans, if you're a forward thinker, you might be asking the question, how do I avoid this mess altogether? Today, we'll try and answer that question with thought leader from Beyond Finances podcast, certified financial planner, Eric Roberge on today's Money with Friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast, coming to you live from my mom's half-finished basement just outside Detroit, Michigan, where we make the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe Saul Cihai. I'm Eric Roberge, coming to you from a booth in a twerking space in downtown Boston. <laughs> and by the way, we still have snow here, Eric. Do you have snow there? No, we had a few drops or flakes the other day, but nothing. Uh, I really want it to go away. I want my fall back before we start winter. But this is the show where we not only read the headlines live uh, from top financial press, but we also comment on them and give you tips that'll help you manage your money more wisely. And we do that six days a week. Uh, Today's show is brought to you by MetPro for a complimentary metabolic profiling assessment. I have lost a ton of weight in very few days on MetPro in in less than two weeks. in a 30-minute consultation with a MetPro expert, head to metpro.co slash SB. I'll give you some details about MetPro. And obviously, healthy body, healthy mind, healthy portfolio. And here, the guy with a, I don't know how to transition here, with a healthy mind, healthy body, healthy portfolio, Eric Roberge. How are you, man? Oh, man, I'm good. I'm healthy. You are healthy. So you brought this piece to the table. There's a lot of politics in this piece. We're not going to talk politics, though. No, no, we don't want to talk politics. It's not important right now. Yeah. What's important is student debt. Yeah. And that's 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 pretty ugly. So let's kick off this conversation. First, let's see which one of our friends is going to help us kick off the show. This is Bethany from The Money Millhouse. The Money Talking Party starts now. It's time for Money with Friends. All right, Eric, uh, you brought this one to the table from CNBC. It's written by uh, Annie Nova. And the headline is, Big Changes Could Be in Store for Student Loan Borrowers. Take it from here, my friend. Yes, we start off by saying, big changes could be coming down the pipeline for the 44 million Americans with student debt. Presidential campaign proposals and recently introduced legislation aim to rewrite the rules around student loan interest, repayment, and refinancing. Some of the plans would reduce or altogether erase people's balances. It's no surprise politicians have turned their attention to the topic. More than half of Americans say student debt is a major problem for the country, according to a Politico morning consult poll. Outstanding education debt. I forgot it's my turn. Outstanding education debt has outpaced. I love doing this live. Has outpaced a credit card and auto debt. The average college graduate leaves school $30,000 in the red today up from $10,000 in the 1990s. That's tripled. Every day, 3,000 borrowers go into default. The rest of this piece, Eric, it goes over a lot of the uh, presidential hopefuls, plans uh, uh, to get rid of student debt. Lots of people um, talking about forgiving lots of student debt. But let's talk more forward thinking than that. This, This is a huge crisis. If you're somebody... Should we start off with people with student debt or should we start off with people that are still looking at college coming up ahead down the road? I think, I mean, with student debt is, I mean, that's, that's where the problem has been accelerating. Um, just, just understanding that this is real debt. I, I don't think people grasp that it's, it's real debt because 
Everybody does it. It's just a, a way of life now. You get into college, you get debt, you get out of school, you complain about it, you try to pay it off, maybe never. Um, but you, you do just continue to just trudge along with this massive monkey on your back. And that's normal now. We kind of think about it in a lot of us is, is the cost of admission, you know, like, hey, I'm going to college. That means I got to take out student let. And we think about it, I think, a little bit without without really doing the math. I think we think about it as opportunity cost. Right. Uh, I want this opportunity right now. The cost of doing that maybe a whole different way of talking about opportunity cost. The cost of doing that means I got to get up into, you know, up above my eyeballs in debt. I think too many people maybe don't do the math. Oh, definitely not. I mean, if you're going to look at the next 15 years, let's say out of school, where you're paying $1,500 a month in debt, and then seeing how much is left over for you to do other things with, I mean, that's when you really impacts you. But nobody sees that number until after school, yeah. when it's too late. Uh, uh, we had a researcher on the Stacking Benjamin show uh, a few weeks ago, a woman named Caitlin Zaloom, who's a professor at NYU. And her book on uh, uh, from Princeton Press, I believe it's called Indebted. And she talks about this problem that we're talking about. But one, one solution we had, and we're not going to talk about too many policy solutions, but one thing that I thought was interesting that she brought to the table are several countries have better income-based repayment plans that we have, where you can take the job that you're, you're hoping to get instead of taking the high-paying job that you might hate. Take one and your repayment's going to be a percentage of what you owe, but it's only a percentage of your paycheck. So it's always going to be 10% of your paycheck or 15% of your paycheck or whatever it is. Our income-based repayment plans now, as you know, generally don't work that way. Have, have you thought at all about changes to repayment versus these forgiveness plans, like maybe some changes that might uh, help out? Well, the one thing that jumps to mind when you say that isn't necessarily exactly what you're talking about, but having employers come in and say it's part of the benefits package yeah. that will contribute a certain amount towards repaying your debt as long as you stay there. So that gives them the benefit of creating some longevity with with um, with employees because they can see that, oh, in 10 years, this is gone based on my employer. I'm going to stay here. And also the, the employee certainly gets a benefit huge benefit from from having that too. We've had a few of those people on the show, these fintech companies that I'd love to see that take off, take off even more uh, where instead of, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong, 401k match is great, but when I've got a huge student loan debt, uh, but let's talk about even before that, uh, avoiding student loan debt altogether. How are we thinking wrong about college, Eric? Well, I think that it's because it's, it's just, well, get whatever debt you need to get into the college you think you want to get into, Versus saying, let me figure out what is the most cost-effective way to get the education that I need to do what I want to do for the rest of my life. Because it's not necessarily about the name of the college that's going to provide you with that beautiful career. It's more about the education that you get, the people that you meet, the network that you build, and then utilize after that. But you see these, these you know, a lot of people, they're a senior in high school, my girlfriend's going to X school, so I need to go there. Or this is my dream school because I like the name. I love the football helmets. I think that this is uh, going to be a great place for me. Or I like the on-campus lifestyle. Maybe not the right way to think about college. No. I mean, even the word dream itself. I think when people say the next house I buy is going to be my dream home, I cringe because that means they're going to throw way too much money at this house. It's going to be too expensive, convincing themselves that it's the ultimate goal for them. Same thing with college. Your dream college, it's a four-year education. 
let's not blow it out of the water and say it's going to impact your entire life. You're going to forget about it almost as quickly as you went through it in a matter of 10, 15 years. You see some people that have passions in areas where there's not a huge ROI, like an area like uh, uh, music theory, music history. Um, uh, don't get me wrong. Some people have made a great living there. But but I listen to a couple of these podcasts on uh, from composers in Hollywood who do film scores. Uh, there's, a, there's a great show called Four Score. Uh, which is uh, which talks to a lot of these composers and most of their parents, Eric, you know, when they heard they were going to go into composing said, yeah, why don't you go into science? Like, why don't you go into something else? Which we all think about, but what if somebody wants to get that type of a type of a degree and they're really passionate about that thing, but the ROI might not be there. What do you, what do you do then? I think you have to be flexible. You have to be creative and figure out what you can do to reduce the amount of debt that you might have at the end, whether it's, it's getting family to help contribute and believe in your actual dream for your career and why you're doing what you're doing at the college you have to do it at, or it's getting the part-time jobs to, to fund that on your own or, or some other thing that I don't even know about. It's just yeah. being creative about this and not just saying there's one linear path to go and I have to trudge along this thing and then deal with the ramifications afterward. I know, I know um, one thing that, uh, that, I have learned from our own situation. My daughter didn't get any student loan, student, excuse me, didn't get any um, uh, uh, scholarships as a freshman. Uh, we couldn't believe she was shut out. She's a fantastic student in high school, but she got completely shut out. She went back her sophomore year and got a lot of scholarships and then even more her junior year, more her senior year. And part of the part of the thing, Eric, that we found out from the school was every year, fewer people apply for scholarships as they go through through the years. And something we learned very quickly was take advantage of the fact that most people give up, right? Don't, if you don't get it freshman year, go after it sophomore, junior, senior year. That's one hack that I like. You got any other hacks? Well, I think just scanning the world of grants that are out there. I mean, I don't have any names off the top of my head, but sure. I know there are hundreds and hundreds of different grants that you could be eligible for that is free money as long as you go through the effort to apply for it and tell them why you need that. Yeah, you know what's funny is the uh, 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 when we take a look at 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 grants, a lot of times people look at these huge grants and local ones in your backyard, things that you as a parent might have or an organization as a kid you might be in. Um, lots of different things uh, available, even on a local level. Uh, I do know we actually, even though she got it shut by the school, my daughter actually got a couple small grants from local places because because of that. Uh, we do the show live in front of a Facebook audience. Gregory talks about this. I don't know if you've seen this, Eric, but Purdue University has been in the news a lot lately, doing some interesting things now people paying for college. They call them pay share agreements or something. They're, this is closer, by the way, to what I was referencing earlier that Caitlin Zaloom talked about. Have you, have you seen this? I haven't. I don't know what that means. What does yeah. that mean? Yeah. Purdue has made the cost of college cheaper for a lot of people by a uh, 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 keeping the cost low, number one, but number two, making it so that depending on what, what job you get afterwards, they take a little less off the top than you would even through uh, other, other, um, uh, other avenues. It's it's really neat. People can look it up, by the way. Gregory has a place to look it up. Just look up Purdue University, anybody who's interested, and you'll see some headlines about, about what they're doing for school. Um, and then second, Kevin asked the question, do any employers have loan repayment as a perk? The answer is yes. But Eric, I think you'd agree, not as many as we'd like to see. 
No, no. One of the local ones that actually does is First Republic Bank. I mean, they do a fantastic job with their employees because they're really benefiting or they're really interested in benefiting their employees' lives, not just their work life. Uh, Jim from Wallet Hacks hanging out with us. Jim says, well, it's true that college is only four years. Remember that four years when you're 18 is a long, long time, 22% of your existing life. And it's the first time any kids will live away from home. It's a pretty big deal going into it, even if it isn't as big looking back. I totally agree with that. This is, and, and, and my kids, like anybody fell in love with college campuses, fell in love with all the stuff that goes in all the perks, Eric, of going to college uh, that have nothing to do with getting a degree. People look at it as is, I don't know, an extended extended summer camp. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree with Jim. She has a good point that he makes. And going in, that perspective is different than it is after you've done it. But I don't think that we can just say, okay, well, that's what it is. And we're just going to have to let them experience as much of college as possible without any thought to the financial implications of it. I've, I uh, have heard some experts talk about this, about uh, maybe after high school, having that year where you go out in the workforce and you get a couple crappy jobs might be a great idea because studies show that older people, when they go back to school and they know what the ROI is, right? They know why they're going. They know exactly what they want to learn from the professor, even though studies show they're not worried about grades. Their grades are higher. They graduate quicker. They end up using more of the degree because they know why the hell they're there. What do you think about kids just taking a leap year and going out and learning what the world of work's like? I love that idea. I mean, I've been one of the people that has said that if I had gone back to college, you know, 10 years after school, I would have been such a better student because I would have known what I was committing to and why. Yeah. Um, so that why factor is huge. But then it's get, you have to run the risk of if they leave school, do they come back? Yeah, And does that mean that less people go through and get an education because they're distracted and they never come back? I was thinking, though, that might be a good thing, right? Because there's people in, I mean, seriously, there's people in school now who frankly don't belong there because they don't know why the hell they're there. Right. No, that's true. And then they can actively choose to come back or not, you're saying. Yeah. In just a second, Eric and I are going to have our takeaways, our big uh, idea from today's piece. But before we get to that, I'd like to say just a little bit about our sponsor, MetPro. I have lost uh, nine pounds in about 11 days using this system called MetPro. Uh, The founder, Angelo Poli, worked with uh, some very famous people like uh, Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers to help them not just lose weight. This isn't a weight loss program. It's a different way of thinking about your life because of the fact that if we're hard charging people trying to get what we want from life, you got to feel healthy. What was funny about me when I started MetPro a couple of weeks ago, I I would carry around Tums. Um, I my whole family has problem with problems with acid reflux. Uh, two days, two days in. Who knew, Eric? My 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 diet could be crappy enough that two days in by eating clean stuff. And and making sure that my metabolism is what we're actually focused on, the times went away. And I lost the sleepies, probably the afternoon sleepies that 
almost everybody gets. I lost that within four days. The sleepies went bye-bye. And now I don't have the afternoon drain. Uh, it's all based on your metabolism though. Every person reacts differently to different foods and different exercises. So what they do is they help you set up a baseline. Uh, and by the way, for me, the baseline was I felt like I was eating food all the time. I was eating food nonstop. And then they see how your body reacts to that. And then they start twisting based on you. Other thing I like about MetPro is I have a coach. My coach is named Jesse. She has way more energy than I could ever have. She's always positive and always telling me that, you know what, that next hurdle, that next Saturday, that party I'm going to, that I can stay on my diet and have fun at the party, even though I, I don't think I can. And it's funny because I don't know Jesse from anybody, but I have to tell you that when I was at this party last Saturday, I kept thinking I didn't want to let Jesse down. And in hindsight, I'm like, what the hell is Jesse to me? <laughs> like, if I want to eat the pie, because it's really not about Jesse, but having a coach in your corner really, really helps. And, and, and Eric, even though this isn't about financial planning, this is what I've always said about a financial planner, having a financial planner in your corner or somebody that's just smart about money, who's disinterested, you know, who, you know, is kind of looking over your shoulder can really add a difference to your bottom line. Uh, for more on MetPro, head to metpro.co slash MWF uh, for more. And that will tell you that, that we sent you. And by the way, if you use that link, you will get your metabolic profile and a free uh, session with one of their coaches like Jesse to talk about how you can do better. All right. Uh, that's that. Made everybody hopefully feel a little healthier here uh, just going into Thanksgiving week next week. Uh, Eric, what's your big takeaway from this? Well, I think the... The idea that we can just snap our fingers, erase all debt, and not expect it to come back and be a problem again in the future without changing our initial habits going into college is a mistake. So what we really need to do, whether we eliminate debt or not for students, is start to prepare them better so that they can enter college with not a significantly overwhelming amount of debt, but enough that's reasonable to get them what they need and therefore can pay it back over time on their own or with the assistance of any kinds of programs that we can develop over time. Uh, I like that because you don't see, while people think maybe enough about college and what college they want to go to and how it's going to set off their journey, I think a lot of people don't realize that if that journey comes with a bunch of debt, it, th that journey is not going to start off, even, no matter what your degree's like, it's not going to start off the way you want to. Right. I mean, it's just the, the difference between walking down the street and walking down the street with 40 pounds on your back. I mean, one yeah. person's going to be feeling great. The other person's going to be exhausted. Yeah. I need to know that. Yeah. My takeaway, my takeaway is actually uh, uh, very similar, which is that in a lot of things in life, we start off with a plan of where we want to go. And rounding out that plan has to be what is the cost of that? And if you don't come to the table with what's the cost, then you're not looking at all the criteria. And I'll give you an example in our family. My son was very, very excited to go to universities like NYU, phenomenal place to go, to Carnegie Mellon, another great place to go. But when we asked him at age 17 what the difference was in his mind between the University of Texas, which was in-state tuition, and Carnegie Mellon, which was out-of-state private school, he couldn't come up with anything except Carnegie Mellon was pretty cool. University of Texas is pretty cool as well. He went to school in-state, not the cheapest in-state school of all, but when in-state, we saved a bunch of money as a family and him as a student than we would have had he just gone to the school that he thought was, quote, pretty cool. Um, I, I think it's got to be more than that. You know, we actually compared 
Uh, also, when we did this, Eric, we compared, uh, uh, I was living in Texarkana at the time, University of, uh, or Texas A&M Texarkana. And we, we actually showed my son the three different costs. If he stayed in town and went to the university or a Texas A&M Texarkana, if he went to the University of Texas and he went to Carnegie Mellon. And it was funny when he saw that cost comparison of the three of those together, he got it. Like all of a sudden he got it. Not University of Texas because Texas A&M, Texarkana was nothing to go there compared to the other. So cost comparison for the win. Yeah, I agree. Put it in front of their face, have a conversation about it, ask good questions, and then get to a better answer all around. Let's talk about your podcast, the Beyond Finances podcast, where you guys have very different conversations, you and Kaylee, than a lot of uh, other finance shows. So tell us what's coming up. Well, actually, the the last one that the last show that we did together about HSAs inspired us to do one on HSAs. Oh, awesome! So just just talking about how we personally are using our money to benefit our long term life is is really what we do on the show. So. I mean, I just had something removed from my eye. It's going to cost me probably a thousand bucks. I'm not tapping my HSA for that. I'm going to use it out of pocket expenses and then let that money grow for retirement. So it's those types of insights that aren't necessarily normal ones that are really beneficial for listening to the show. I love letting that money grow because then the interest can start paying your uh, expenses for, for healthcare. We're all going to need it. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad you did that because you and I just kind of scratched the surface. So it's the Beyond Finances podcast available where uh, finer podcasts are distributed. Uh, pretty much available everywhere, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much anywhere you go, you're going to find it. Yeah. Guess what? Eric and I are back here tomorrow with another fun topic. On behalf of Eric Roberge, I'm Joe Salcihi. We'll see you again back here tomorrow at Money with Friends. Bye bye. This show is created and hosted by Joe Saul Cihai and Bobby Rebel, and is a joint venture of BRK Media LLC and Stacking Benjamins LLC, copyright 2019. Taylor Eichenberg engineered this show and Ashley Wall is the producer. For a list of our friends who appear on the podcast, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or any other video or podcast without first talking to your financial advisor and that the people in this episode are here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you back here next time with another episode of Money with Friends.